How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hi, everybody. This is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy and Patrick Wolf Talk Radio. Jeannie White is a producer and writes the blog, and I highly suggest you read the blog because there's going to be information about our guests that you will want to read. And, folks, I have a very special guest. I think you need to listen to this, whether you have children with special health care needs, developmental needs, or if you are even a caregiver. I am so grateful to Lillian Caldwell for sending me a press release to meet my next guest. And I just want to tell you all, I highly urge everyone to go, and I'm going to introduce the website in a minute, on Laura Spiegel's website. She is founder and president of PaintHerInColor.com. It offers emotional support for parents of children with special health care needs. I read two of Laura's blogs this morning, Learning to Give Myself Grace, Silencing the Inner Voice. And I'm telling you, folks, that is for everybody, everybody. So I urge you to go on the website, paintherandcolor.com. And I want to welcome Laura Spiegel to Chatting with Betsy. Thank you, Laura, for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You are amazing. You are incredible. I have to tell the listeners, when I read the press release and I talked to Laura, I felt such a connection with this lovely young woman and what she is doing. So, Laura, please tell the listeners about yourself and why you started PaintHerInColor.com. Sure. Absolutely. So I'm living here in Indianapolis, and I had the pleasure of working for a a very large biotech company for a number of years, well over a decade. And one of my favorite things that I got to do was be a part of working with psychologists and care teams, so physicians and, and nurses and what have you in really helping people who had chronic illness lead full and and healthy lives. I loved it. It fulfilled me. I felt so passionate about it. Um, 
But at the end of the day, it was just my professional life until August of 2013 when my second child, my, my daughter, I have a son and a daughter, was diagnosed with the rare genetic disease cystic fibrosis. Um, it was very sudden. It was unexpected to us. It had not manifested itself in our family to date that we knew of. So it was so incredibly surprising to me. And in that moment, Betsy, I just felt as if everything I'd been talking about and thinking about and, and working with patients and, and care teams on for the past several years, all of a sudden in that instant became very personal. And I realized that when it comes to managing a chronic illness yourself or being a parent of a child who has a special medical need like my daughter or maybe a behavioral health care need, a developmental need, what, whatever it is, I think, I, I truly believe that sometimes the emotional side of managing that need is just as difficult, if not more difficult, than the clinical side. And so my daughter is seven now. I've, I've spent, gosh, almost seven years working with other families, talking to other parents, both who have kids living with cystic fibrosis, as well as um, parents of kids who are pediatric cancer survivors, who have congenital heart defects, who have autism spectrum disorder. The list goes on and on and on. And what I found, the more I spoke to families, is that emotional component is so challenging, and it, it's difficult for us to find a place where we can truly get that emotional support. Um, so a year ago, just a little over a year ago, it was July of 2019, I launched Paint Her in Color. As you mentioned, it's a website that offers emotional support to parents of children with special health care needs. And we just reached our 10,000th family um, who we've been able to touch thus far, and, and we're teaching them how to, what we call, paint our children in, in color. So I can talk with you a little bit more about that if you'd like. Sure. I just want to add, Laura, to the listeners that uh, I'm featuring people who are advocates, and you are one. You are an advocate for children. You took a situation personal to yourself, and you are helping other people. That just thrills my heart when someone takes a situation, not that we, any of us want a situation where our children mm -hmm. are ill or anything else, and we take that situation and we use it to help people. That's mm -hmm. being an advocate, folks. Thank you. Um, I really admire your work, Laura. Yes. Uh, oh, and folks, you have to go on that website just to see Laura's beautiful family. I have to add that. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. They are Laura, so cute, too. <laughs> the kids, I speak of. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. And congratulations, 10,000 um, people, 10,000 families. That's Thank amazing. You. And how long, Laura? Just In over a, a year. Yes, wow. July of 2019 was when I, I wrote that first blog and pulled together the, the resources from children's hospitals and nonprofit organizations that I've been partnering with and officially launched the site. So about a year and a month thus far. Wow. Well, as they say, I'm Jewish, mazel tov, which means congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank that's you. really awesome. And I, I think, Laura, that you're right. The emotional component 
It's so different when it happens to your child, to your own family. Then all that clinical stuff gets thrown out Mm -hmm. because you are now involved emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I, I tell you what, I wish there was you, let me see, my son is 36, like 35 years ago. I could have used okay. this website 35 years ago. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like we were talking about just the other day. It's, it's two steps forward, one step back, isn't it? And some days are better than others. You know, I, I don't certainly tend to have all the answers. I don't. But I think just knowing that there's other parents out there who are having similar journeys, um, who are feeling many of the same things, like you mentioned, the emotions of it. It can be joy. It can be you know, a feeling of incredible reward, it can be fulfillment, but it can also be kind of the the flip side of that, right? It can be anxiety. For me, I know it can be just obsessive worry and trying to control everything you possibly can, because you just feel like so much is out of control. And there's a grief that can be tied to it, I think, for many of us. And just knowing that there's others out there, their experiences may be different, their journeys may be different, certainly their kids are different. But we do have that commonality, and we're, we're not alone. We're not alone. And I think that's the, the number one message that Paint Her in Color really wants to bring to all of these families out here, to the you from 36 years ago, to me from seven years ago, and, and everyone in between. We're, we're not alone. And it's, it's tough, but we can do this. That is just the truth, really, the, the grieving and the emotional, uh, each child is different, each diagnosis is different, but there is much similarity, as you said. Mm-hmm. So please tell us more about Paint Her in Color. What do parents find when they go sure. on there? What do they do? Sure. Absolutely. So I, I think the first thing that might help, because a lot of listeners might be thinking, well, what in the world, painting? Right? What does painting have anything to do with this? <laughs> I realize in hindsight it might not be the most intuitive of, of names for a, a website like mine, but that the concept of Paint Her in Color, I can tell you a little bit about how that came to be, and then I can tell you what you sure. can find on that. I. I was actually on a a radio show a number of years ago. My daughter was still quite young, and it was about healthcare. So I I should have expected this, but for whatever reason, I didn't. And I kept getting asked these questions about my daughter being sick was the word they were using. What is it like to be the parent of a child who was sick? How was your day different because your daughter is sick? And this word sick kept coming up over and over and over again. And I felt that, I don't know if, if you felt this way before with your family, but I just felt almost this visceral reaction against it. And I just wanted to say, and in fact, I did, I tried to kind of get in there and, and say as quickly as I could, you know, my daughter she loves Minnie Mouse. She loves soccer. She loves running around. She torments her brother. And she's living with cystic fibrosis. And I, I just didn't want anyone who was listening to think that my daughter was defined by her health um, or that we as parents were trying to define her by her health. I feel like that's, it's, it's limiting. It's like painting her in black and white. And she has so many colors to her personality. I want the world to see all of them. I want to cultivate all of them as a mother. And so that's the concept of painting her in color. My job as a mom is to paint her in color. And the site helps other parents paint their children in color. So really the core of it 
is this belief that our children are so much more than a diagnosis code um, or a condition. There's so many different colors to their personalities and in their hopes and their dreams and all of those need to be celebrated. And that isn't to say that we dismiss their conditions because we don't. It's, it's so important to do everything that we can on a day-to-day basis to help our kids lead very long and full lives. But we also need to do that while embracing just the unexpected messiness and the vibrancy and everything else that goes alongside with childhood and, and life in general. That's, that's what it is to paint a child in color. And it's, it's easier said than done, right? Because you've got to, you have to learn how to look for the blessings and celebrate the blessings alongside the battles. You have to learn how to be kind to yourself as a parent, which I think is sometimes the hardest thing to do at all. But, but <laughs> yeah. all of that is what goes into painting a, a child in color. And so the site is a collection of a, a number of different things that I can tell you about that are really geared to help parents do just that. Wow, that's amazing. I'm sitting here in New Jersey, folks, and I actually have goosebumps. Literally have goosebumps <laughs> from what you just said, Laura. You because yes. I can so relate. Mm-hmm. This is not just for children. I mean, your site is for children. This applies to everybody. It applies to caregivers mm-hmm. who might have someone with a disability, with um, like my husband with Alzheimer's, to see the person. Absolutely. See the person, not the disability. And if more people would just acknowledge our children and acknowledge our loved ones as a person first, as mm-hmm. a child first, yes, yes, it would be so much better. There, it's, it's not the child with cystic fibrosis. It's not the child with um, pervasive demo, again, <laughs> developmental disorder. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's your daughter it's a she's a human being it's my son joshua he's a kind human being it's not the the diagnosis it's the person oh i just got goosebumps when you're talking (laughs) it's hot here in new jersey and i have goosebumps (laughs) (laughs) because it's it's you really have touched my soul laura and you're welcome and i i I just want to urge viewers I might get emotional with this show because you have to go on this website. You have to check it out because it is so heartwarming and it will touch your soul and you can relate. You don't, like I said before, you don't have to have a child to relate to this. This is a human being issue. This is for human beings and we're all human beings unless we're animals. And I think everyone should go on your website. That's how strong I am about it. I signed up myself and my child is 36. So, Mm -hmm. and I loved it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love your blogs. I'll go ahead. I got on my soapbox. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. So we have, we have the blogs. Um, that's, I, I would say when I look at the, the individuals who are coming to the site, most of the readers are coming to the blogs, just as you did. So we have a couple a week. I write most of them, but we also have guest bloggers. And that see, these have become, I'm probably going to try to tap you for one of these. Heads up. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> <of> these 
but other families <laughs> out there who have experiences, and we have, we've had parents who have written from the perspective of children who were very young, who have just been diagnosed with a, a special health care need. And then we have those who are parents and, and their children are adults and they're looking back and they're thinking about, gosh, what do I wish I knew 30 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it may be. But these have become, I mean, just incredible friends for me. And I, I love being able to share multiple perspectives. So if anyone out there has a, a journey um, as it pertains to just the emotions surrounding the day-to-day management of a, a child who's living with a special health care need, please feel free to get in touch because I do love those guest blogs. Um, and then on top of that, we have a whole slew of, of other resources that I started to mention before. I don't create that content myself. I don't pretend to have all the answers, um, but I do know how to work very closely and partner very closely with um, trusted third-party um, nonprofit organizations as well as children hospitals who have worked in this space and have done a lot of work on the emotional side of managing a child who has a special health care need. And sometimes I think it's just nice to be able to go to one place and find all of these resources versus having to scour the web and, and far beyond um, to get them yourself. So we have all sorts of emotional support resources. We have tools for partnering with your care team. We have a whole section that's just devoted to siblings because, you know, you, you know, we've talked about this before, Betsy, I feel like the sibling component is so, so incredibly powerful and so important. Um, we have videos of moms that are just celebrating the day-to-day life of, of parenting a child with a special health care need. And we've got a little bit of everything in between. So um, I encourage folks to, to come and, and take a look at it and hopefully something resonates with you. That's excellent. So, and I, and I did notice that on your blog that you do have resources available to parents, and I, I think that's that's excellent. Uh, it's similar to what um, other support groups do. I mean, I know yours is a website, but that is really incredible and really nice that you you know do that. Do you find, Laura, that starting the website and doing this has helped you in a way that you never thought that it would help you? Like you're reaching out, mm-hmm. and do you feel better about yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's a good question. I guess ask me on the day. <laughs> Today I feel good about myself. Yesterday I didn't. So. We have days yeah. like that, trust me. <laughs> Gosh, right, right, we, we do. It, it has. I think, um, you know, for me as for, for all of us parents, it's, it's a journey, and there's never an end point. And I don't think there's ever going to be a point in time where I feel like, yes, I, I have officially mastered my emotional and psychosocial struggles pertaining to my daughter having a special health care need. I, I don't know that I'll ever reach a day where I can put that fine point on that and check that box and say, yep, I've got it, I'm done. I think there's a, a maintenance that's, that's always linked to that. And so what, 
when I'm writing a blog and it's about how to how we can make time for ourselves, right? Or how we can the one that you mentioned I think at the beginning of our conversation here today, silencing the inner voice. I'm writing these because it's it's what is affecting me at that point in time. And so being able to think about how can I work through my my emotional struggles in new and different ways and being able to tap into all of the different resources that I've become connected with and the families that I've met and the parents that I've spoken to. People will say, oh my gosh, you know what has really worked for me is this. There is such a power to that. And so, yes, I, I think that I, I am a better mom because of it. I am getting better. Um, at learning to, to balance everything that we need to do within our family to help my daughter stay healthy and happy, but also, you know, help all of us be healthy and happy. I'm getting better at that through all of this. Um, but I will say this support system is just as much for me, right? It's just as much a benefit for me as it is for everyone else. I'm just like everyone else, and it's, it's good for me to know too I'm not alone, and I don't have to have all of the answers. But together with these other families that I've met, these resources that we've found, and these conversations that we're continuing to have, I think I can do it. Yes, and that's so similar, Laura, to what I do in my support group mm -hmm. that I have for caregivers. Yes. Very strong similarities. I mean, you know, I don't have all the answers, and I'm not – perfect, and I was not a perfect caregiver. I was not a perfect mom, although my son thinks I'm the best. And that's good. Uh, but no, we don't have all the answers. And you know, Laura, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that it is a struggle. It is a battle. Even as a parent, when you have a child that has a special health care need, or you have a child with the cognitive uh, disorder, um, a skill problem, you know, you, you struggle. Well, how can I, you know, right away, like I thought, how can I make Josh better? How can I fix him? And sometimes in life we can't fix what we would like to fix. So we have to learn to accept the situation. I know that was probably not, not easy for you, and I can't say I know how you feel because I don't. I don't have a child with special health care needs, but I can definitely relate to you on a, a lot of different uh, levels. And that inner voice, you know, that inner voice will get to you every time, and we oh, tend gosh, to beat Wanda. ourselves up, right? Yep. We tend to beat ourselves yep. up. Um, Our own worst critics every day, that's for sure. Yes, yes. And showing yourself grace, I mean, that's important. You know, yeah. like we're human. You know, we all know we're human, but then we are our own worst critics and we don't forgive ourselves and we're too hard on ourselves. I should have, would have, yeah. could have, yeah. you know, um, deal. And you know what you just made me think of, Betsy? What's that? I'm, I'm thinking of, and I wonder about your experiences too, what – what we feel and experience as parents, I think, too, is sometimes shaped by interactions that we've had with physicians and with our care yes. teams, too. Because I know 
the, the pulmonologist who first worked with us, she set me on this course of, I mean, I, I, literally, I literally remember exactly what she said to me. She recognized within five minutes of me being there that I was not doing okay. I was not doing okay. I had my list of all my questions, and they were highlighted and prioritized, and I brought my research. And at face value, I mean, you would look at me and say, oh, gosh, wow, she's ready to grab the bull by the horns here when it comes to this diagnosis. But she could see on my face and hear in my voice that I was just not okay. And she put away her checklist, and she put away paperwork and she turned away from her computer and she literally sat side by side with me and she took my hands which I know that wouldn't work for everyone but for me I loved that she spoke with me mother to mother and she said your daughter is going to lead a long and full life and it's my job as her physician and yours as her mother to help make that happen and we're in this together and it was I mean just like this Bam, burst, Betsy. And just all of a sudden I could, her saying that enabled me to get myself in the right space emotionally and mentally to even begin the work that needed to happen from a clinical perspective to, to keep my daughter on a healthy track. And, and I think I, I just, it's one of the things that we're working on with Paint Her in Color as well through the tools for communicating with care teams and how to better partner with physicians and how to be an advocate in, in hospital situations, all of these different things. I think it's so important that we come at it from the family side as we're trying to do, but that we also continue to educate our care teams on how to work with us families too, because gosh, we're trying our best, and we might not come in with everything done in the manner that it was supposed to be done. I know I certainly don't when it comes to certain things, but we are trying our best, and if they can see us as people, like you mentioned, who are just trying their best and meet us in, in that place, I think that that can help so many of us as well and, and reinforce what, what we're trying to do here. Absolutely. Absolutely, Laura. I love you. <laughs> I think you are so oh, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> uh, you're right. Education um, on your child's condition. You know, learn about it. I tell the caregivers the same thing with that I need dementia. Advocating for your loved one. Learning from the doctors. Let them learn from you. We know our loved ones better than anybody. Yes. You know your daughter better than anybody. And, you know, you, you trust the doctors, you trust the team to know what's best. And, you know, sometimes you might disagree with them. Sometimes you may not agree with them. Maybe their suggestion doesn't work for your child or for, you know, who's ever in your family. And I'm glad you said about education and about being an advocate because that's so important. Um, you know, we don't think we have it in us to do certain things, but when your child depends on you to, to stand up for them so they could get the proper equipment, proper schooling, proper uh, treatment, then your mama bear, as I call it, mm -hmm. uh, comes out and with the claws. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. Mine came out just yesterday. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yes. 
yes, absolutely. 100%. You know, it, it comes out. Laura, I have to ask you a personal question, if you don't mind. Oh, sure. Do you, do you find, because um, I'm curious about this, with your daughter, who's adorable, by the way, do you tend to find that other parents, I mean, I know with the pandemic going on, it's a little different, but mm-hmm. before the pandemic, did they shy away from your daughter? Did you have parents telling the, like, uh, their children, oh, don't play with her because she's sick or she's different? No. Did you no. experience any of that? No. Oh, that's good. We did, we did not, fortunately. No, we did not. I think it was almost the, the flip side of that where we, we were so – I think a unique aspect of cystic fibrosis is just that, especially when cold and flu season hits, anything that's respiratory-related can hit these kids extra hard. And so especially when Emily was young, I mean, we, we wanted her to have friends. We wanted her to run around the neighborhood. We wanted her to be in preschool, all these different things. But you know how kids have kind of that um, wet cough? <laughs> yes. Sometimes kids do from like October <laughs> to April and they're sneezing and snotty. And, you know, I just didn't think twice of it when it was my son before my daughter was born. He was in daycare. He was all over the place. Well, now the second we hear a wet cough, it's like, you know, you talk about that mama bear claws, that reaction, you know, it's like, a <gasps> who's got the cough? Keep her away. Get her away. Get her away. Especially when she was young. And so we were almost from the perspective of, hey, we, we want her to be able to do everything. We will never tell her that she can't do something because of her CF. But we also need to be mindful of being close to other kids can, can make her sick in ways that it wouldn't make somebody else. And so we had to really figure out how do you find that balance and how do you work through that and how do you not keep her in a bubble um, but yet keep her healthy and, and safe. But we were so fortunate not to have not to have the experience of, of other parents, um, you know, really holding their kids back from being around her. We were very fortunate in that regard. Oh, that's good. You you walk a fine line there, Laura. It's got to be difficult because you want Emily to be active, and yet her immune system is compromised. But now, especially with this uh, virus. So what's the school situation for you? Well, so we are, we're in Indianapolis and we go back pretty early. So we're actually on our third week in, if you can believe it. Um, And my daughter is in second grade. My son is in fourth. Our school decided to start virtually for a period of time. And then they have a phased plan where within our community, we have to hit certain metrics before they'll let, kids kind of moved to a hybrid approach of approach of part virtual, part in person. Anyway, there's a whole plan, but at least for now we're at home. And I will say, um, I know there's a lot of, you can't make anybody happy, right? I mean, there's so much disagreement right. amongst families out there. We all have very different situations and I want to be empathetic about that. But I will say that for us, when the school made the decision to start virtual, my husband and I both breathed a sigh of relief because the decision was being made for us. We had been in this, do we send them, do we not mode for so long. 
And, you know, going back to the whole heart of paint her in color, I don't want my kids to feel different. I don't want my daughter to be defined by her health. I don't want them to be one of just a handful of kids that aren't back in school with their friends. And so for the school district just to say, actually, you're all in the same boat. You're all at home. It was like this weight was lifted off of our shoulders. And we thought, okay, let's just start this way. Let's monitor the numbers. Let's see how we're doing. The plan can always evolve. But for right now, um, we're making it work, and we're, we're doing it at home. It's not easy. It's not easy. But it's, it's definitely the best situation for us. Oh, well, that's – I don't know what they're doing in New Jersey. <laughs> they, they still don't know. Some parents could do remote of choosing that, but um, I just so enjoy talking to you, Laura. You're such an inspiration. Oh, this is wonderful. Thank you. Um, Thank you for starting your website. Thank you for being an advocate and having your website, paintherincolor.com. I think it's fantastic. I love your concept that your daughter has colors to her. And she likes, you know, maybe she likes Barbie or she likes running through the mud. You know, whatever your daughter Emily likes, she is a person, a child first. And I wish people would just take that into consideration. We are people first. And our disease, our diagnosis is second. Mm -hmm. And children want to be treated kindly, just like we all do. Is there anything you'd like to say that you might have forgotten to say? Oh, and how can people contact you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I can be contacted a couple of different ways. It's paintherincolor.com. There's a contact section there. Um, I can also be emailed. It's just Laura at paintherincolor.com. Painter in Color is also on Facebook and on Twitter. So folks can check that out there. And I think the only thing I would say in in closing is just we – it's two steps forward, one step back, but we we can do this. It's tough, but we're not alone, and and we can do this. So if you're a parent who's out there, whether it's a brand-new diagnosis, if it's something that your family's been working through for a number of years, if there's parts of your journey where you feel like – you are in need of more support emotionally than what you've been able to get, then come on and and check it out. And I do hope that through these resources and through our blogs and and through these conversations, you can get to the point of feeling like you're not alone and, and you can do this too. Thank you. Absolutely. This, that's why I created my support group. I don't want anyone to be alone. That is so important, folks. Um, Thank you again, Laura. I really appreciate your advocacy. Thank you for having me. This has been a great Oh, you're welcome. Oh, thank you. Folks, I'm telling you, I joined. (laughs) I signed up for the blog. And what I read this morning helped me. It's universal. It's so universal, even if, like I said before, even if you're a caregiver, someone with Alzheimer's or some other dementia, this is for you. This will help you because it's so similar. And just to read the blogs, 
was inspiring to me. I, I like I had tears in my eyes and, and my heart was full because Laura inspired me by her blogs. And this shows how similar we all are. Whether you have a child with a special need, a child with a cognitive disability, whether you're a caregiver for someone with dementia, it's all so similar. We have so many things in common. And isn't calming that inner voice? We're our own worst critic, aren't we? We need to show ourselves grace. This is what Laura talks about in her blogs. After you hear the show, I would jump on the computer, your phone, your tablet, and sign up for her blogs. Go check out her website, paintherincolor.com. I really highly suggest it because it was just so awesome and inspiring to me. As a parent of a child, adult child with special needs, but also as a former caregiver, it's just incredible. I can't stop singing your praises, Laura. <laughs> um, it's amazing. Okay, folks, this is Betsy Wurzel. You're welcome. Host of Chatting with Betsy and Patrick World Talk Radio. Please read the blog. You're going to read in there how you could get in touch with Laura. And if you missed any of the show, I suggest you subscribe to Chatting with Betsy on Spotify, Spreaker. You could program Amazon Alexa, CastBox, Google, because I have speakers like Laura Spiegel coming on. I have advocates coming on. I have people coming on that you will learn something from that will help you and inspire you no matter what your walk of life is. So please subscribe. It's for free. I want to thank Lillian Caldwell again for introducing us. And I want to thank Jeannie White, station manager, for all she does. And in a world where you could be anything, folks, please be kind and reach out and support each other. And thank you for listening. This is Betsy Wurzel. Until we chat again, I'm chatting with Betsy. Be blessed. Bye-bye now. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep her, it simple. Uh, I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude. Stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Bravo, bros. Good job. <laughs>